Austin Judge, where did he get that voice? Who knew running through a chicken barn and a pig pen you could sound like that? That's incredible. Rob, great job. Great job in instructing him and helping him and letting your wife spend a lot of time with him. <laughs> it wasn't his dad, I'll tell you that. I've heard his dad, when he was a kid, worked with him. He never sounded like that. It was a lot of screaming and crying, but he never sounded like that. I'll tell you, good job, Austin. All the music today, tremendous, tremendous. You ought to be prepared for the preaching of the word of God. If you're not, there's something wrong with you. That was great music today. Congregational singing today. Awesome, awesome. I'm fired up. I just got back from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. That's an unusual place. If you've never been up there, Sault Ste. Marie on the U.S. side. Uh, incredible people. I was at Fundamental Baptist Church. They're so in the middle of nowhere, Kinross, Michigan. The only thing in their town are four prisons. That's what, that's what they're noted for. And no, I wasn't visiting there. I was at the church. Their church runs about 600, 650 people. Just an incredible work. They have a great camp. They charge $97 for kids to go to camp. That's what they've always charged. They said, we're not going to change that. So they have a lot of inner city kids come in. They got a lot of bus kids come in. And this past week, I had the joy of seeing 22 kids trust Jesus Christ as their Savior at that camp. We had seven kids come for a reassurance of salvation and just had a tremendous time. And then we had one eight-year-old boy that escaped the service, and they got him, and they said, what, what are you doing? He says, i got to get out of there. It's just too boring. So... I understand how you feel this morning, all right? Get ready. If you have to escape, we'll give you some time. My good friends are here today. The Roberts are here today. And I want to tell you that uh, over many, many years, I had a best friend. I had a best man. I had an associate. And by the way, Brother Holland's celebrating his 30th anniversary as our associate in St. Thomas today. Uh, I had a contemporary. And then there's Jeff. Oh boy, okay, it's going to be one of those mornings, all right? So uh, it's good to have Jeff and Laura Lee, pastor up in Sault Ste. Marie. How many years? 29 years. Couldn't hold up one more year, could you? Just one more year, 29 years. Did a great job. Jeff and I have gone way back, grew up here, went to school together. Uh, he was my associate for a few years and then went to Sault Ste. Marie and did a great job there. And I'm proud of him. God bless you. Thank you for your faithfulness. And it's going to be different. It's different when you step out of the position. Sitting and listening to someone else is different. It's hard to do. That's the hardest part for me when I have to sit and listen to someone else because I really am my favorite preacher. And... Um, <laughs> I love to listen to me as much as I can, so I'll probably watch the service again later today just to recapture it again, but uh, amen. Bearing Precious Seed is getting ready to print French and English. John and Romans going to Quebec and New Brunswick. Folks, we are going to finish our nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ on this celebration of Canada today. Canada will have had the gospel, and then it's time to start over and do something else because our nation needs the gospel more desperately than they ever have I heard the Sunday school lesson this morning. Brother Rob did a great job. You're right, Brother Rob. Uh, praying just a few minutes at our altars are not going to do it. It's going to take people spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. And I want you to know there are a lot of people in our nation that don't want our gospel, but there are a lot of people who do and are seeking for something like we've got. We need to take that to them. So please be in prayer about that. And then I'd ask prayer this morning for Brother Rick Rust. I've gotten news that uh, I've not talked to the family yet today, but uh, Brother Rick is not doing very well today. Would you please pray for him? Of course, of course, Rick's a longtime uh, friend of this church and mine as well. He and Tammy, please be in prayer for them. And then for Ida, uh, who's lost her dad and uh, will be traveling home here soon. Please be in prayer for her. I know that was a hard time for her and uh, just dealing with that passing and family and all of those things. Be in prayer for them if you would as well. Would you take your Bibles this morning, turn to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 5 through 8 in just a moment. 
If we made any mistakes in fundamentalism in the past 50 years, is that we leaned too heavily on the outward and not enough on the inward workings of the Holy Spirit of God. Growing up in fundamentalism, we were sure to wear the right clothes. We were sure to have the right haircut. We were sure to be super busy in church doing something. It almost became to a point where if you looked right and did a lot, then you were spiritual and you were right and you were godly and you were a Christian. If you didn't do some of those things, then you weren't such a good Christian. And I believed in having a good standard, and I believe in having, you know, an active church. I believe in all of those things, but there was so much emphasis put on that sometimes that we neglected to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit of God. And we miss out on that, and I think we have some that are not in our circle today or not in our type of worship today because they were looking for that and didn't find it and look for places where they could find that. There is an intimate relationship to be had with the Holy Spirit of God. God in all his points is not pushy or a bully. He wants to have a relationship, but he's not going to force us to do that. He offers his help to any and all who will simply ask for it. Let me ask you this morning, when's the last time you asked for the help of the Holy Spirit of God? I mean, directly. Now, the songs that we just sang were incredible. Every one of them. I loved every one of them. But did you notice that every one of those songs talked about our king and the lion of the tribe of Judah, talked about uh, his, his, our God is a God of mercy, Jesus. We talked about his name. But very little about the Holy Spirit of God. We really didn't mention. We, it's understood. We get it. We understand. But, but we really don't take full advantage of who that Holy Spirit of God is and the relationship that we can have with him. Jesus is in heaven, the Father is in heaven, but the Holy Spirit is here residing with us. And we speak to the Heavenly Father as we should, and we speak to Christ as we should, but we don't often speak to the Holy Spirit. Did you know that you could pray to the Holy Spirit? Did you know that you can mention his name? Do you know that you can talk about him and not, not be worrisome that maybe people are going to think we're too charismatic or, or we've gone you know, away from a, a traditional Bible stand? You can do that. And I've done it, and I've learned to do it, and it's been a help to me. But, but so many of us either don't know to do it or don't think to ask the Holy Spirit's help. I've learned when I'm driving down the road to speak to the Holy Spirit of God. It's awesome. I was driving one day, and, and uh, I, I, I had some questions. I mean, some bad things were happening in the world. And, and today, there's some bad things happening in the world. And I heard about a child that was molested, and I heard about uh, people that were struggling with physical ailments and and wars and rumors of wars and all this COVID stuff and all that. And and I'm driving down the road, and I said, Lord, when I get to heaven, I've got some questions. There's some things that I want to know, and you've done the same thing, haven't you? You wonder, God, why do they have cancer? Why does this preacher have this sickness? Why do people have to go through this? Why am I going through this? We have all those questions, and I'm driving along, and I'm telling you, I I didn't hear an audible voice, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And if you've ever experienced it, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm not crackers this morning. I, I, I sensed in my heart, in my mind, something from the Holy Spirit of God. And he said this, Al Stone, when you get to heaven, none of that will matter anymore. It won't matter anymore. 
The atrocities that we think and how God deals with things. I just I was just up in the UP and got, uh, actually I was in Calgary, I was in Calgary, Alberta, and got news as a family up in Uranium City, up working with our indigenous uh, peoples up there. And uh, there's a, a couple that's been there for a, a number of years, and, and their daughter and son-in-law came to work with them. And they have a camp up there for kids. And last week, their eight-year-old daughter, that young family, that eight-year-old daughter drowned in the lake. Oh my goodness. I was driving back from Red Deer to Calgary and I just, I talked to the Lord and I said, Lord, I just don't get it. I don't understand. These folks have given their lives here in Canada where it's hard and, and it just seems impossible sometimes. And, and, and they've given their lives and Lord, now you, you, you see fit to take that little girl. And I'm weeping and I'm saying, Lord, help me. And the Holy Spirit said, you know what? That's God's little girl. This is God's time. It's, it's, it's a plan that God's got, and we have to trust that it's perfect. I, I was at that camp last week, and there was an 11-year-old little girl. I got up and I preached. I preached uh, the first message was, God is our creator. I'm, start, I'm starting at the very beginning with people now, and, and especially kids. I, I thought, you know, this is kind of given, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with this. And I knew there were, there were church kids there, and they have a Christian school, but there were, there were about 30 or 40 bus kids and I said, God is our creator. God created everything. God in the beginning. And I went through and demonstrated some things and took a, an iPhone apart and put it in a box. And I said, you shake that and tell me when it becomes an active working phone. Well, it never will. I said, that's, that's evolution. You know, everything just keeps spinning and everything comes together. Th that doesn't happen. It was God. And I said, God's our creator. And I got out of that meeting. And this little girl came up to me, 11 years old. And she said, I want to tell you something, mister. I don't believe a word of what you said. God didn't create this world. There is no God. I'm an atheist. 11 years old. I said, young lady, you don't even know what an atheist is. <laughs> yes, I do. So I went through and I said, there's no chance, there's absolutely no chance in your heart or mine that God could have created this. She said, well, I believe there's a God, but not your God. And she named some other thing. I don't know what it was. That's our country. That's where we're at. Here's a little girl. Her teacher was there. Actually, one of her teachers were there from the public school. She said, that little girl wants to be transgender. She wants me to call her by another name, but I won't do it. 11 years old. Man, I'm telling you, we need the work of the Holy Spirit today. I said, Lord, you got to help me with these kids. you gotta, you got to help me get this message across. And not only these kids, but kids everywhere I go. I'll be leaving Friday. I'm going to Tennessee to do a, 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 a youth thing. And I'm praying, God, give me the words to help these kids see that we have a great God. And nobody will defeat him. Nobody will defeat him. He is our God, and he will be victorious. But until then, we have to fight the fight. And I need the strength of the Holy Spirit of God to do that every day. Let's get real and hard. We're confronted with temptation and decision. And because we have no real strong or working relationship with the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, we endeavor to work through it ourselves, following our hearts. You hear people say, just follow your heart. No, no, I'm not going to follow my heart because my heart is deceitfully wicked above all things who can know it. I've got to follow the Holy Spirit. But, but here's kind of what's happened in our lives. As I grew up, my mom and dad were my Holy Spirit. They told me, you don't say that word. You don't behave like that. And, and they rightfully did that. And then I came to Sunday school and I had some great Sunday school teachers Worked with some great Sunday school teachers. 
And we taught those kids, this is, this is how you read your Bible, and this is how you pray, and Jesus died, and this is how you get saved, and you go through Sunday school. So this Sunday school teacher becomes somewhat of your Holy Spirit. And then, then you get into the teen department, and your, your youth pastor tells you, don't go to that movies, don't go to those dances, don't date those people, don't have those friends, don't drink that liquor, don't do those drugs. And they become somewhat of your Holy Spirit, helping you to know what to do and not to do. And then we go to college, and, and if you go to a Christian college, there, there are professors there that help you and guide you and direct you. And, and your pastor, of course, is part of that, that Holy Spirit team that, that helps you and preaches, you know, this is how you live for Christ, this is the Christian life. And then we get into life on our own. 20, 21, 22, 23. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but we're missing a lot of those kids that were 22, 23, 25. Where'd they go? I'll tell you where they went. They went off into the world, and the world said, hey, this is what you do. And they didn't have their mom and dad, and they didn't have their Sunday school teacher, and they didn't have their youth pastor, and they didn't have their pastor, and they didn't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit of God to say, Holy Spirit of God, what should I do? And have the Holy Spirit in his conviction say, don't do that. That's not the right thing. And they began to listen to their hearts, and they began to listen to their wants and their desires, and they wander away. It is the job of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, to comfort, to convict, to correct, to corral, and conduct. That's his job. I want to show you this. Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 8. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be held to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. In verse 6, in all thy ways. Holy Spirit of God, it's Sunday morning. I'm getting ready for church. What should I wear today? Holy Spirit of God, as I come into the song service, would you open my heart and would you prepare me and would you move within me as the songs are sung? Holy Spirit, as the Bible is open, may we sense the presence of our God in this place and may we come in awe and adoration of that holy God that you are. Prepare me now for the preaching. Holy Spirit, as I'm listening to this, would you mold me and make me, make me pliable so that I can receive and be moved and changed in church? rather than just going because I've gone for 40 years. Right? We don't do that. We don't. And then we wonder why church is kind of stale and kind of boring and kind of the same. And Man, let the Holy Spirit move within you. Let me ask you, how well do you know and work to know more of the Holy Spirit of God? Because in that verse 6, in all they ways acknowledge him, acknowledge means to know and learn to know. And learn to know him and he shall direct thy path. He'll put you where you ought to go. But you've got to know him. You've got to listen for him. You've got to be moved by him. For most, the answer would be, how do you do that? How do you do that? I'm glad you've asked. I'm glad you asked because I'm going to show you. To start, number one, we must discern who the Holy Ghost is. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 1. Very, very simple passages today, very simple uh, verses. We know them, but let me show them to you. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1 and 2. In the beginning, say it with me, God. Say it with me, in the beginning, 
Come on, everybody. In the beginning. That's three quarters. In the beginning. There you go. God created the heaven and the earth. Right there. Genesis means the beginning. If you want to know where we came from, God created us. That little girl said, how do you know that you weren't there? I said, you're absolutely right. I believe it by faith. I believe it because I've seen what God has told me from his word is true. I've seen it in my life. God, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God, the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. There he is. In the first two verses of the Bible, God includes the Holy Spirit of God. We see the Trinity forming here, the three parts of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. In verse 26, look at what he says. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Who's that us and our? Well, that's the Trinity. That's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That, that's who was there at creation. That, that's hard for us to grasp sometimes. It's, it's kind of difficult. And maybe I can help a little bit today by telling you that I have a, a multifaceted relationship with people, but yet I'm the same person. To, to my dad and my mom, I'm their son. And we have that relationship. And it's an unusual relationship because my dad is, I, I don't care how old he is, I don't care how old I am, he's my dad. I respect him. I admire him. I, I want to please him. I want him to say, as every boy does, well done, my good and faithful servant. Or behold, my blessed son. I, I want my dad here to say, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Every boy wants that. If you haven't said that to your son, you need to. Son, I'm proud of you. If there's nothing to be proud of, make something up. I'm proud of you. I'm proud that you're a good man. I'm proud that you're a hard worker. I'm proud that you tried your best. I'm proud that you're on something. I'm proud of you. God said, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. I'm proud of him. And we have that trinity. And not only am I a son, I'm a father. I have children. I know that relationship. And I'm different with my mom and dad than I am with my children. And I'm a husband and I'm different with my wife than I am with my children and with my parents. It's a different relationship. And all of them call me a different name. To my dad, I'm his son. To my kids, I'm dad. To my wife, I'm husband. And, and though I have a different name and a different relationship, I'm the same person. And God is the same way. It's a little more intricate with God because he's all three in one. He's separate, but yet the same. But the best as I can figure and the best I can do it, it's very simplistic, but gives an understanding most can handle. Jesus directed the disciples in the Great Commission, saying, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So then the Holy Spirit is God, a separate entity, but yet God. Mind blown. I can't really grasp it. I'm going to be honest with you. I can't fully grasp that. Again, I accept it by faith. I accept it because God's word tells me. I accept it because I can see in my mind a heavenly father sitting on a throne in heaven. I can see Jesus Christ on the cross and him crying out to the father in heaven. And I can see the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So, so I see it by faith. To really understand the Holy Spirit, not only do we need to know who he is, but also what he does. Number two, that we need to be directed by the Holy Ghost. Directed by the Holy Ghost. Look at John 14. Look at John 14. Verses 16 to 18. 
I found something really neat here that I'm sure you've seen, but I just I didn't catch it for a long time. In John chapter 14, and verses 16 to 18, it says this. Jesus is speaking. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you, what's the next word? Another comforter. Have you ever caught that before? That means that we had a comforter. Who was that comforter? Jesus. To those that were with him, to those that walked with him, to those that heard him speak, he was the comforter. They would come to him for comfort. And he says this, I'm going to send another comforter. I'm going to send somebody in my place. I have to leave. I'm going to prepare a place. I'm going to leave someone so that you're not alone. He says it to the disciples that are before him, but he says it to all disciples of all time. He says to us, you have a comforter available to you. Let's go on there. It says in verse 17, even the spirit, and when it's capitalized, you know that's a form of God, even the spirit capitalized of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Let me stop there for just a second. Can I tell you why this world's so messed up? Can I tell you why Canada is not the way we want it to be? Can I tell you why people are going nutso? Because they don't know the Spirit. They don't know the Spirit. They don't have the peace of God. They don't have a comforter. They don't have a help. They're running to this world to try and find something, and I'll try drugs and alcohol, and I'll try immorality, and I'll try gambling, I'll try all these things. I'll try all that to try and find some kind of satisfaction and peace and hope and comfort. But there is no comfort in those things. They're fleeting. They're exciting for a moment. The lasting peace, the lasting hope, the lasting comfort of God comes through knowing the Holy Spirit of God. And until you know that Holy Spirit in a relationship through salvation, through Jesus Christ, you'll never have it. Never have it. And here's part of the problem. We who have it don't often share it. Let people know I'm satisfied. I have a contentment in this life. I'm happy. Man, my life's filled with joy. Do you have problems? Yes, yes. Do you ever cry? Yes. Do you struggle? Yes. But overall, in, in the big picture of this life, there's something that comes from that walk with the relationship. I cannot, I cannot urge you enough to have that daily walk with Christ through the Holy Spirit of God. You've got to be in his word. You've got to be praying. You've got to be communicating. My wife and I have a great, my wife and I have been married 37 years this year. In June, we were married 37 years. And we've got an awesome, awesome marriage. I, I love my wife. I was just away from her for a month. And man, it's tough. And, and I'm glad we've got FaceTime and I'm glad we've got texting and we've got calling and all that. But there's just, there's something about being right there with that person. I love just waking up and she's there in the morning and, and, and we can begin communicating. And, and uh, it, it, it's, it's awesome. Imagine if we lived together and never talked to each other. Some people do that, you know. Never really communicate. We're, we're both spirited people, and sometimes when we communicate, we both get a little, we both want to win, you know what I mean? I think most couples are like that. I want to be right, she wants to be right, and somewhere in the middle we have to find that compromise. But I'll tell you this, I love the conversation. And many of you today are living in a house with another person that you never talked to. How can you say you love them? How can you say that you, uh, that you uh, appreciate them if you never speak to them? The Holy Spirit of God resides within you. You're going to see it resides within you, and we don't communicate to him. Verse 17, the second part says, But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. 
I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So in that, he's saying the comforter that is coming is really part of me because I am God and he's God and we're God. And whew. But he says, you're not going to be alone. I, I can't imagine being alone in this world. I can't imagine not having friends and family and the, and the church and all those things. But most of all, being without the Holy Spirit of God. Would you look at verses 26 and 27? It says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. There's the Trinity. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I've said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth peace, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let me ask you today, are you afraid? Are you afraid today? You afraid of this life? You afraid of life? You afraid of death? I got to, I've got to ask you, how close are you to the Holy Spirit? Because if you know him, if you walk with him, there's going to be that comfort. There's going to be that peace. There's going to be that satisfaction. There's going to be that calming, that comfort. In verse 18, Jesus says, the comfort will come in my name as a representative. And then he says, I will come. I'll be there too. Don't worry. I'm just, I'm just a, a word away. The Holy Spirit, who is God and a rep of Christ, will come to do two things, indwell us and comfort us. We are never without the presence of God in our lives once the Holy Spirit takes up residence. We are never without comfort, counsel, correction, or a conductor. But because God is not a pushy uh, nor a, a puppet master, he leaves to us the responsibility to seek the help of the Holy Spirit as we need him. Doesn't force it. Holy Spirit doesn't grab hold of you and say, hey, 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 we have grandchildren. Awesome. But... <laughs> Children and grandchildren do the same thing. When they want their parents' attention, they don't know about the social boundaries. They don't know about being rude. You're talking to somebody, two adults are talking, and a kid wants something. They come up, Daddy, yeah, just a minute. Daddy, yeah, just a minute. Poppy, yeah, just a minute. Just a minute, I'm just talking. Poppy, Daddy, 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 what? I love you, Dad. Thanks, thanks, son. Thanks. Love you too, buddy. <laughs> they want to get your attention. The Holy Spirit doesn't go, hey, 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 that preacher's talking to you. Hey, hey, you shouldn't be watching that. Hey, I'm, hey, get out of that relationship. You shouldn't be texting them. Hey, hey, he doesn't do that. He's just there. And there are times when he will gently say, that's not good. That's not right. Man, you haven't read your Bible for a while. And he gives us an opportunity to come and say, Holy Spirit, you're right. And you're right. I'm a big boy. I shouldn't have to have somebody leading me around by the hand. I've been raised in the things of Christ, and I have a Bible, and I know how to pray, and I have a telephone line to the preacher, and I have friends who help me. I've got the things I need. It's just that I don't always call out. And why don't we call out? Well, sometimes it's because we want to do that. Sometimes it's because we want to be involved in those things. We want to see that. We want to hear that. We want to be with and the Holy Spirit speaks, and we push him aside, don't we? It's just one word. It's just, it's just you know, one scene. It's just one show. And we begin to silence the Holy Spirit. And we wonder why when we come to church, we're not led to come forward. We come to church, and we're not moved by the preaching. We come to church, and, and, our, and our prayer time seems stale. Because so we push him aside. The only thing the Holy Spirit really must do for us without asking is convict of sin. 
Now, here's where 90% of Christianity blows it. We don't take advantage of what the Holy Spirit does, in part because we've been taught or been led to believe that someone else does his job. Parents, Sunday school teacher, youth pastor, pastor, college professor, let me change your Christian life forever. Get advice from parents, provided leaders, and pastors, but learn to seek the Holy Spirit for counsel and right conduct. Go to him. Holy Spirit, should I take this job? Holy Spirit, should we buy this house? Holy Spirit, should I be talking to this person? Holy Spirit, should I like this person on Facebook? Holy Spirit, should I be watching this program? Holy Spirit, should I be out at this time? Holy Spirit, you can ask him anything. Why not? What's the harm in finding out if you're right? He says, hey, good job. You got it. Good job in reading your Bible today. Man, don't you feel that connection we have? Don't you feel good? I find with people that, man, when they're doing the right thing, things are going good, they're so happy. But you get away from that, and things aren't so good. But here's the thing. It's work. We don't like to work today. It's work to read your Bible. It's work to pray every day. It's work to think about what the Holy Spirit thinks. And sometimes we do this. We get going, and we do so good, and things are going great, and then all of a sudden, we hit a brick wall. And things aren't going so good. And rather than say, Holy Spirit, how do I get over this wall or around this wall? We just keep hitting our heads against that wall. And pretty soon we become discouraged and pretty soon we're quitting. Don't do that. Don't do that. Let the Holy Spirit work within you. Then here's the last thing. We need to be desirous of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you a term that has been grossly misunderstood for years. It's the term filled with the Holy Spirit or filled with the Holy Ghost. Part of the reason that we as independent Baptists uh, have not been as intimate with the Holy Spirit as we should have been is because in the 70s, 60s, 70s, there was a huge movement on the part of the charismatic crowd, the Pentecostal crowd, that, that kind of claimed the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit, and that's all they talked about. And pretty soon, uh, people uh, took that, you know, if you don't speak in tongues or you can't heal or you're not laying down on the ground speaking some foreign language or if you're not vomiting up in the name of Jesus then you don't have the Holy Spirit and we as independents kind of said we're just going to distance ourselves from that a little bit we're not we're not going to get close to that so we'll just kind of be quiet about that stuff because we don't want anyone to think that we might be part of that or that we're considering that no so we kind of just got it quiet too bad because nobody has a market on the Holy Spirit of God and many preachers did. Many preachers said, now that's not right. This, what, this is what the Holy Spirit is. Don't get me wrong. Our, our preachers were not all wrong. It just, it just seemed like talking about that intimate relationship just wasn't quite there. And I think we need that today. I think we need it more desperately than ever. The charismatic movement of the 70s promoted heavily that being filled with the Holy Spirit was getting more of the Holy Spirit. Thus, you spoke in tongues. We had a sweet couple in our church. In fact, he was a deacon in our church. And, and they were part of a charismatic kind of group before they came to St. Thomas. And they'd got into this whole speaking in tongues, singing and praying in tongues and stuff. And so I did a series on the Holy Spirit when I first started pastoring and talked about what the Holy Spirit is and how we should relate to him and how he relates to us. And, and I said that speaking in tongues is not part of God's plan for today. Uh, those things were set apart when the Bible was fulfilled, when that which is in part comes, the Bible, that we don't need that because this identifies us as a child of God and this identifies us with the workings of Jesus Christ. And so I said, we put that away. And they came to me and they said, but pastor, we speak in tongues. I just about died. What? 
you're a deacon in our church and you speak in tongues. Yeah, when we go into the prayer closet, we just, we speak in tongues. And I said, well, why do you do that? So God will understand us, they said. I said, God is the God of all creation. He is the God of all languages. You can speak to him in any language and he understands you. Yeah, but in a heavenly language, the devil doesn't understand us. And I said, wait a minute. You mean Lucifer? Yeah. I said, the angel that lived in heaven? The, the one that resided there doesn't understand the language of there? They said, oh, yeah, that makes sense. They said, we're not going to speak in tongues anymore. I said, praise the Lord. Good. That was it. I said, let me ask you, how did you learn to speak in tongues? They said, well, we went forward, and somebody said to us, just repeat this phrase over and over and over until you just feel like it's not you saying it. I said, that's not New Testament tongues. I said, in New Testament tongues, it was, it was more in the hearing that was in the speaking. Holy men of God spake as they are moved to the Holy Spirit of God. And when they spoke, people heard them in their own language. Not some muffled thing, not some understandable language. They understood in their own language. So today, if you're Spanish, if you're Dutch, if you're German, if you're from Newfoundland. <laughs> me boy, me son. Hey, how's you getting on now? You understand in your own language. I'd say hello and you'd hear, bonjour, guten tag, hola. You'd hear that. I don't, I don't have to come out with those languages. That, that was the miracle. The miracle is more in the hearing than in the speaking. And now we have an ability through all kinds of translational work today to, to be able to understand in those languages. We were taught that you'd be able to speak in tongues, that, that you'd be able to heal people, that you'd be able to cast out devils. When in reality, the Bible teaches that when you get saved, we get all of the Holy Spirit of God. As a nine-year-old boy, when I knelt out with my grandma and, and Dr. Strachan and, and uh, my Uncle Ray uh, introduced us to the Savior and how to have him, we prayed, and in that moment, I'm telling you, my life changed. In that moment, I felt a difference in my life as a nine-year-old child. I couldn't understand it then. I couldn't explain it then. But I knew there was something that happened in my life. I went home, and I told my mom and dad, I got saved! And I was excited. I was thrilled. I know I'm going to heaven when I die. I remember going through the baptismal waters, 154 Maple Street. And the pastor said, now, well, listen, when you get baptized, people want to know that you get saved. So make sure you say amen, okay? I said, okay, good. I mean, I was, I was a real outgoing kid. Bobby and Donna remember. I, wasn't, I was kind of a little more timid when I was a kid. I got in that baptismal thing. I was so excited. He said, ladies and gentlemen, coming today for baptism is Alan Stone. Alan, have you trusted? Amen! <laughs> Let me, let me finish. Have you trusted Jesus Christ, your personal Savior? Amen! I want everybody to know. I want you to know I'm saved. My life changed. And I'm here today, and I'm traveling this country, United States, other parts of the world, and I'm preaching Jesus Christ because I'm so excited that I'm saved, and I want you to know that I want other people to know. I'm so glad 22 children now have a hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ, and seven have settled that in their hearts, that they know Jesus Christ because of a Holy Spirit Jesus didn't say, I'll send part of the comforter. He said, you will get a comforter. He will reside within you. In Luke chapter 1, verse 67, Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit. He didn't, he didn't get it. He had it. In Acts chapter 4, verses 8, 10, then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, be it known unto you all, unto the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. He was complete. He had the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resided upon him in the cloven tongues of fire in the upper room. He's, he's got all of the Holy Spirit. And here's what happens. Zacharias and, and Peter gave themselves completely over to him. 
Peter, who stood by a barrel warming his hands, denying Jesus Christ, now comes to that place in his life where he realizes Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is the Christ. And he gives himself over to him. And when that Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit takes hold of him and he lets go of himself and gives all to the Holy Spirit. And this man who'd been confused is now preaching the word of God and 3,000 souls get saved in one day and baptized. Wow. Being filled with the Spirit means that we have completely and absolutely surrendered to the will and working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And could I say this, knowing most of you, there are people here who have not done that. There are people in our churches who are not doing that. That's why we're not seeing revival. That's why we are not seeing a movement of the Holy Spirit in our country today. We are not giving ourselves over. We're holding in restraint. We're afraid to let go. We're afraid to be public. We're afraid to emphasize. We're afraid to tell others. And that's a crying shame because we got something awesome. We have a power and a strength. We have a God whose name is mercy. We have a lion of the tribe of Judah that no one will defeat. And we hovel up and say, uh, uh, yeah, I, I go to church. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. Hey, I go to church. I know Jesus Christ. I'm a born-again believer. I have hope in a time of great confusion. I see this world, and everybody's scared. I'll tell you what, I'm getting excited because I think Jesus is coming. We are going to hear a trumpet sound as we heard this morning. That trumpet's going to sound, and we're going to be taken away, and we're going to leave this whole world, and everything's going to be awesome when we're in the presence of awesome, a holy God. If we all surrendered to the full extent of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, it would flat out scare us with what would happen. Because revival would happen. People would get up out of their seats and come to this altar and say, God, I just got to be right with you. God, there's sin in my life and I want to get that right. Holy Spirit of God, I need you. I, I don't have you in my life. And I see what you do in other people's lives and I don't have that. That's why persecution brings about great revival. Because people have to really be a Christian. People have to really take a stand. People have to stand if they really believe it. I, I saw a documentary the other day and, and um, uh, trying to reach Japan with the gospel. And many were slaughtered because they simply wanted to practice uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. They wanted to be Christians and they were slaughtered by the hundreds and thousands of people but as they did more and more people want to know why would they die for that what is so special about that how can they want that so badly and people came to know christ maybe in canada we're not seeing revival because we're not really letting people know we want it and how bad they need it do you know the holy who do you know who the holy spirit is are you seeking asking and allowing a direction by him right now in your life do you desire his full control of your life? Or have you got it from here? I'm saved. I, I got it. I got it. I'll, I'll just do the best I can. Would you this morning, right now, begin to get to know him like you never have? Would you ask him to direct you and ask for his full control of your life right now? It'll make a difference, I promise you. And grow it every day like any other relationship you'd have. Communicate, get to know, fall in love with, serve, do things for, and watch as he moves in your life. I don't believe we're going to see revival until we see the requirement of a relationship with the Holy Spirit in our lives. Boy, do we need revival. Father, thank you for this day, for this good crowd of people that have met together. 
We've united today under the word of God and Holy Spirit of God. I pray right now that you would move amongst us. I pray that you begin to prick the hearts of every person in this auditorium, every one of us. I'm asking you to intervene. I'm asking you to come to us today in a very special way. I pray that you'd whisper in our ear, as it were. I pray that you would hold our hand, as it were. And Father, you'd let us know through the Holy Spirit that we're okay. We're all right. It's going to be okay. That, that you'd let us know that there's a work to do and that the Holy Spirit wants to do it through us and that there's some that God is calling. And, and God, today, uh, through that Holy Spirit of God, would you call some to preach? Would you call, call some to pray? Would you come call some to be more hospitable? Would you call some to be a part of a revival? Holy Spirit of God, whatever we need today, would you move amongst us? May, may this great church with an incredible history be the church that would lead Canada in revival. What a great thing that would be. Help us. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed this morning. Let me ask you, do you know that Holy Spirit of God today? The only way you can know him is by knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. How many of you today would say, Pastor, I have a close, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit of God. I know him today. I know who he is. He speaks to me because I'm saved. I know Christ is my Savior. Would you slip your hand up all over the auditorium and say, that's me. That's me. I know that today. I know him. I know him. I know him. I know him. God bless you. Some of you did not raise your hands. God bless you. Thank you for being honest. Are there some here today say, preacher, I, I need that help. I need that kind of peace. I need that contentment. I need that comforter. Man, I'm, whatever you said today is exactly what I need. I need that in my life. Let me do this for you today. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to call your name. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to invite you in a few minutes to come and have someone take a Bible and show you how to have that comforter in your life. I want to pray for you. I want to pray intelligently. If you're here today say, preacher, I, I don't know the Holy Spirit of God. I don't. I, I'm not saved. I've never trusted Christ. It's foreign to me, but boy, what you're offering through that Holy Spirit is exactly what I need. Could you slip your hand up for just a moment and put it right back down, just as these others did? I need that Holy Spirit today. I need that salvation. I need that hope, that help. All right, God bless you. Now let me ask you this today, and I think some of you didn't raise your hands because of this. How, how many say today, preacher, I know who the Holy Spirit is. I know that he resides within me, but I really don't know, know the Holy Spirit. I've never really communicated with him. I, I've never really felt his, his presence. I, 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 maybe I've walked away from that. Maybe I, I've just kind of let it go. Maybe I've never enacted that. But there's something missing in my relationship with the Holy Spirit of God today. I know, I know the Father. I pray to him. I know the Son. I know he died on the cross. I pray to him. But I've kind of neglected that work of the Holy Spirit. Preacher, today I've learned something. I'm, I want to communicate with the Holy Spirit. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up and hold it for just a moment and say, that's me. I, I want that relationship today. I want to know him that way. I want to participate that way. All right, God bless you. Let's stay in our feet, if you would, please. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Piano's going to begin to play. If you'd like to come forward this morning and maybe talk to the Holy Spirit, maybe have that relationship with him, maybe get to start that relationship, I want you to come now. I want you to step out now. If you don't come this morning, then I'm going to ask you to stand and pray. I'm going to ask you to speak to the Holy Spirit this morning. Holy Spirit of God, that message touched my heart today. Or Holy Spirit of God, today I realized something today. When you're done praying today, you can be seated. When we have a good number of people seated, we'll go ahead and conclude the service. But I want you to take some time. Holy Spirit of God, open the Bible to me. Shine a bright light on it. Part of his job is illumination of the scriptures. Holy Spirit of God, would you make me more bold in my witness? Holy Spirit of God, would you give me the comfort that I'm seeking, the peace that's missing in my life? Would you help me today? When you're done praying, you can be seated. Don't worry about being first. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. And I'll let you know when people are being seated. Some some are being seated now. 
Holy Spirit of God, move upon us. Shake us, move us, revive us. Pray as long as you need. Others have been seated. Father, thank you for this day. Jesus Christ, thank you for being our Savior. Holy Spirit of God, thank you for the opportunity to come into this place today and unite together with other believers who have the same Holy Spirit residing within them. And I pray that all of us today would leave here with a little more excitement that we have somebody within us that knows us and cares and wants to move and help us. May we not refrain, may we not restrain you Holy Spirit of God. And most of all, may we quench not you Holy Ghost of God. God gives us that warning. Quench not the Spirit of God. Help us today not to do that. We love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for the work that you do. And we pray it all in our Heavenly Father's name, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. Amen.